Hello everyone and welcome back to See Through Panel. I am the head, your co-host, and my guest today is Benedict Abbott. He is an illustrator based in Kent. He recently graduated from the University of Creative Arts and he has a passion for drawing, making comic books about science fiction and horror. And hello, Benedict. How are you doing today? Hey, great. Thank you. We'll kind of get straight into the, the questions. So you've, you've recently graduated from the University of Creative Arts. How was, how was kind of that experience you the well the uni itself was was great during covid and stuff obviously it's like massive pain because you just kind of it, we were just stuck in our room the whole time so i suppose one of the most annoying things about it was we were shelling out nine grand a year and not being able to use the majority of the resources that that pays for but you know it's like sort of out of everybody's hands at that point and you did a degree in illustration and animation. How does does that work? Do you work on different styles of an illustration and animation? Do you specifically choose what you're what you're going to be studying? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it was about focusing on sort of refining what you've already got. So like I've I've been drawing since I was a kid, like literally as long as I can remember. So my focus was pretty much always on drawing. There are some people who went there just for the animations and only made animations and stuff. So, so I was just reading a little from your, your university's showcase page and it kind of mentioned that you you've always loved comics and kind of some of your influences are kind of Ralph Steadman and Dave McKean and Junji Ito as well. I read your your longer piece Mind Lurker and I could kind of definitely see those influences in there. Do you want to tell people a little bit about the, the Mind Lurker comic from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong? That's that's a, a comic book that you're looking to actually publish and, and put on sale. I would have published Mind Lurker straight after graduating because that was my final major project and the intention with that was well I want to create something that I can then take into the real world and use as sort of like a launching pad to get my career fully up and running as I've been doing printmaking and other stuff in the meantime but obviously I want to do comics but I'm going back and I'm adding to it Um, okay is there some storylines that had to be taken out because of time and things like that so i'm just i'm finishing it off before i send it out basically are you going to be self-publishing that or are you going to be looking for a a publisher to kind of publish it as a as a one shot at the moment my my thoughts are maybe self-publishing but i am i am looking into finding a publisher to bring it out as a one okay yeah from from, from my personal well my, not my personal experience just the experience of some other people i'm following on twitter online i think a lot of people are going down the, the self self-publishing route you know, especially with things like kickstarter and patreon you've, you've retained a lot more control over the profits and the end product and rights and and stuff a company which I shall not name has been all over Twitter, comic books Twitter, about their, their shady practices. But yeah, it's a tough decision to make, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it's almost like if you if you go with a publisher, it's like, you know it's going to be seen because people yeah. will be buying that comic because they know the publisher and stuff. Whereas, but yeah, like you say, with self-publishing, you get a lot more control over what happens to that project and things, which personally, yeah, I would prefer, I think. Just looking over the stuff that you've got in portfolio on your website, uh, a few of the things that did kind of come through for me and themes around mental health 
and there's there's a quite a strong strain of like weird humor running through there as well so are those <laughs> are those two things that you'll get your creative gears going yeah yeah i suppose it, it's it's something i think about quite a lot is mind lurker is about unresolved trauma mostly about recovering from like drug addiction and stuff is I, I quite like writers like adrian tomina and stuff uh, as well where they sort of they draw on personal very like very real experiences to write from um and for mind lurker i decided to take things out of my own history and create a fiction around it so the mental health and stuff you know uh, my life's been quite um, impacted by mental health not just like my own but others and things like that and i suppose like the weird humor it's almost like while i'm also acknowledging how horrible that can be i am also laughing it off in a way because yeah yeah kind of makes it you, you make light of a situation it becomes much easier to deal with and i also think or at least i kept getting told at uni that my work is very dark there's always this uh <laughs> this air of like darkness to it that i don't always recognize so i try to put some humor in there i think it's slightly the tim burton effect there i mean th- there is undoubtedly dark themes in some of the work that i've your work that i've read tim burton uses dark gothic aesthetics but the actual work itself if you actually look at the themes in his work they're kind of like quite light in a lot of respects it's kind of like there's a juxtaposition with that i mean i'm, I'm especially kind of thinking about the the cat comic that that you did for your, <laughs> for your for your girlfriend that's got kind of quite dark uh, aesthetics but the actual themes and the humor are quite light-handed and just kind of like a light touch if you see what i mean yeah yeah i get you yeah i, I like that the other thing that obviously did not kind of actually going back to the theme of darkness within your own work, there is um that I did notice a little bit of abstract body horror stuff, especially in Mind Lurker, this idea of this shadow creature almost imprisoning the the main character and you, you do kind of mention david lynch as well so i just want to maybe talk a little bit about that really inspired by Eraserhead, that film is actually quite one of the reasons i really like to work in monochrome as opposed to doing all of these big colored illustrations but the thing i liked about it was the way that he um with the abstract body horror it's uh it's like a symbolic kind of thing it's not there just for the sake of it it's like i don't know it's like a symbol a metaphor so like with the creature that lives in the guy's head i was kind of thinking of stuff like um because it, it's it's a memory literally inside the head i suppose <laughs> it sound doesn't sound that um <laughs> great when i break it down like that it worked visually i think your work is really visually striking i love the fact that you do use kind of the monochrome estate kind of using color very sparingly i think that's quite effective the other thing that i quite enjoy about the aesthetics of your work is kind of got for me it's kind of got quite an inky aesthetics i was just wondering how you came about developing that style was it something that you've um, always had in mind or is it something that you've developed over uh, a number of years yeah that's that's something i've i've had for quite a few years now i think before i went to uni i was drawing like that for a bit i used to do like super clean illustrations with like block color very organized lines and stuff i don't know if those images would have been on my portfolio on instagram because i don't think i started up until about 2018 but then i started looking into old newspaper cartoons where i found ralph steadman and stuff and i really quite loved that quite inky things he does it's almost like a controlled chaos to it um yeah i really like that um 
sorry to cut across you. One of the things that does, I don't want to say bother me, it, it, it is is the right word. A lot of digital <laughs> art these days it is too clean, and yeah. there's not that. There's not that. You don't get that sense that oh, a mistake might have happened on the page, or there's kind of like an organic thing that happens when you 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 draw ink on paper that you've. It's really difficult to replicate with digital uh, tools because the temptation is always there to kind of clean it up and look at make it look nice which i'm not saying that your your work looks messy especially with some of the cross hatching that you've done in some of your work that there is you don't mind if it looks a little bit rougher if that makes sense yeah yeah no i like work like that i think it makes for me it gives me a feeling of authenticity when i see that finished page <laughs> like uh, with like little mistakes and stuff while i'm drawing i'm trying to avoid as many of those as i can but yeah what, what you said about digital art no i agree is i i do use some digital aspects but i would say pretty much every, uh, nearly everything on every page has been drawn by hand the only things that i would add digitally are like screen tones things like that that would be very time consuming and a little finicky to add freehand and i i've i've tried drawing digitally in the past and it could because like you say it doesn't have that sort of physicality element to it it just doesn't i just much prefer ink on paper using physical things you know <laughs> from what you've said there you you create mostly with kind of analog tools pen and paper and then do the final touches on, on digital tools that kind of correct yeah I'll, I'll work in analog and then i will do some finishing touches with a laptop how do you how do you do that kind of what what pens and nibs and paper and stuff like that do you use so i use i can't remember what specific i've been using cartridge paper <laughs> you need okay. to do one, save a bit of money but yeah it's just like a, a nice slightly heavy bit of paper that won't bleed when you put the ink to it and i mostly use a brush using i suppose you then kind of scan it with a with a scanner and then put it into to photoshop that way yeah 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 okay and cool. then i'll like apply a threshold or whatever just to get those blacks nice and consistent yeah one of my uh favorite interviews i've listened to was uh with the creator of usagi jimbo and i can't believe his name escapes me at the moment anyway he was he he does all his work via analog and he uses a particular type of pencil do his initial line work and the company that made those pencils has basically shut down so he's just hoarded like a massive <laughs> stockpile of these um pencils to kind of help him still create that is that is that kind of something that you worry about a little bit in terms of like uh, is there any kind of specialist tools or nibs or inks that you use specifically uh to create your art that you'd be worried about if the company shut down <laughs> at yeah. some point in the future <laughs> Definitely. Um, my ink brush is, it's made by Pentel, which I don't think is going to go bust anytime soon. But I have struggled to find the right cartridges and the right tips for the brush. I think I've only replaced it twice since I bought it like four years ago. But yeah, I, I when the lockdowns happened and I couldn't use the art shop at uni because it was the only other place I could find it. I think I spent like an entire evening on Google <laughs> trying to find the right brush. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon if they were about to go bust, I'd probably hoard those. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying the apocalypse is around the corner, but um, might be might, <laughs> might be time to start hoarding them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I just wanted to ask a little bit about your scripting process as well. So, do you when you when you're sitting down to create a comic, do you do you storyboard? Do you write out a full script? Do you, you outline 
you know a rough a rough sketch of where you think the story is going to be going how you know, how does that process work i work quite impulsively so i find i'd rather not write like a strict script when i start because then because when i come to actually drawing the pages i have new ideas that i'll prefer and stuff so i write like a rough outline of what needs to happen on each page like how one page begins and how one page ends and then i'll sort of it's kind of like that old marvel way of writing where they'd be given what needs to happen and then the illustrator would like fill in everything else say like writing the whole story as a whole i have like a little table of like a little three act structure and it's like so it's like this is what's going to happen in the first act how it starts and this is what happens in the second act this is what happens in the third act kind of thing so um, it's kind of it's actually a bit how they write south park oh okay yeah yeah, they have like a big whiteboard and uh, they have a table with the three acts and they write what needs to happen in each act. And then they'll just kind of like, they'll play around just using that as a framework of where to go forward. That to me sounds like, because like, I, I write my own comics, that for me sounds like a really difficult uh, difficult <laughs> process to go through. How, how, how long does it kind of take you then to take an idea from initial conception to kind of final final product? Um, I think I spent just over a month actually writing Mind Lurker because where I um, used that three act structure idea, I um, I kind of I I would review that, go back and change it over and over again. And sometimes I'll write myself like a synopsis of what's going to happen. Do you do you draw comics as well? I don't draw. Yeah. I can't draw to, uh, to save my life. Well, I suppose that's probably why this yeah. works a bit better for me yeah. because I'm yeah. somewhat of an author. I can just like write and illustrate it. <laughs> and just kind of building on, on, on that point a little bit, how do you feel about collaboration? I know a lot of you know modern comics these days, they rely on an entire team of someone doing inking, someone doing the penciling, someone doing the lettering, the coloring, and then you've got the the, the writer at the end as as an author is that something that um, appeals to you do you very much kind of if you were going to collaborate you'd kind of want to be in charge of the process no i'd quite i'd quite happily collaborate i think with the thing with um mind lurker is that it's sort of like you know like my baby so it's quite nice to have the full control on that but no i'd I'd be happy to collaborate with other people in future yeah uh, Uh, yeah for, for my career i've got kind of like end game plans kind of thing so uh say like junji ito like he writes and illustrates all of his own stuff and it's like i i would quite like to do that not because i'm against collaborating with other people it just um yeah i would like to just sort of make stuff that is all my own and with with comic books if you can draw and you can illustrate that is something very much that you can you can do yourself um, I was going to ask this question a little bit later on, but you, I think it kind of fits nicely into here. So uh, you kind of mentioned Junji Ito draw, writing and drawing all of his own stuff, and that's something that appeals to you um, a great deal. What does success look like for you? What does success look like for me? Comfortable place to live, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be like, uh, I don't know, it would be nice, but uh, success to me doesn't look like being like a legend or anything is just sort of like what what have I kind of got out of it kind of thing is the is the main thing I don't ask for much yeah <laughs> yeah creatively uh, speaking would 
success look like having a regular publishing deal or would it be kind of you having people coming to you to, to kind of like run kickstarters for, for 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 books that you're coming out kind of what, what would be kind of like your ideal goal in terms of would you want to do graphic novel kind of shorter one one shot pieces what, what what would that be for you i'd love to make graphic novels being able to regularly bring out some bring out graphic novels and stuff i'd love that yeah are you are you involved in any like the, the uk comics creators uh community groups that are around around the country at the moment no i've um i've, I've struggled to find things like that uh, <laughs> i don't know okay, maybe i'm just sure. out of the loop <laughs> like that are, are you planning on going to any of the, the the comic comics expos that are coming up like fort bubble or anything like that yeah yeah i'm hoping to um I, i'm not sure if i'll be able to like take part in them yet but i'd love to just sort of go and check it out and see see what's going on because um i want to i want to find more comics from independent like creators like me basically yeah creators like us even um yeah. yeah going going to events like that are, are really useful they're they're a great way of meeting people and just bitching about uh different aspects of of the comics creation <laughs> process and stuff like that which is always really useful uh before we kind of move on to general com- uh, conversation about comic books in general are there any projects that you're kind of like working on at the moment outside of mind lurker kind of what's coming down the line for you since you've graduated um at the moment i'm working in the art department on a video game i signed an nda <laughs> okay sure you yeah. can't talk about it. that's fine yeah yeah so I, I can't say what it is i'm i'm making but yeah so it's a indie game developer and yeah i've been working with them mostly i've been freelance lately i've done some jobs for a local magazine called the spire they had a they had like an online video element that they released about eight weeks ago um i was working with uh, andy capen the guy who runs it i was um animating the illustrations that appear in the magazine so they're speaking in sketches it's uh it's very different from what i normally do though i was taking somebody else's illustrations and bringing them to life is uh as, as well as doing comics i learned a bit like of animation at uni how do you go around getting getting those commissions is it through word of mouth networking or how, how did those kind of freelance jobs come about for you i asked for them that's always the best way to do it yeah yeah it's mainly just a matter of any any project i've been interested in working on i've just asked them if i can get involved yeah. that's really good rather than kind of uh, my approach of trying to be the cool mysterious person in the corner hopefully someone will <laughs> approach me to uh, to write comics for them, hey that guy's mysterious so let's let's talk about um let's talk about uh comic books just in in general then kind of what were your what your kind of first memories of of reading comics i think the earliest comic books i remember reading were my timeline is all messed up it's either it's either those spider-man comics you could like get in news agents or it was a graphic novel my dad got me which was a wolverine i think it was um the Frank Miller '80s one, where he yeah. goes to Japan. I think they based oh, yeah. that, um, that Wolverine film partly on that. But yeah, that was um, one of the. But uh, my start where I started reading comics were like Marvel superheroes, and then as I got a bit older, moving into my teens, I started getting interested in manga. I was reading yeah. um, Inuyasha, 
Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I love that for ages. And um, nowadays, I'm reading well, mostly horror stuff. The last uh, at the moment, I'm reading Junji Ito's Love Sickness. Actually, me saying I'm only reading horror at the moment, that's a lie. Um, Because I've been reading loads of Adrian Tomina as well. So I've kind of been switching between Ito and Tomina. I I should probably make a confession at this point. I've not read, well, I've got an Ito book on my bookshelf at the moment. I haven't read it yet. And I've not read of any, any Tomina's work at all so i think those those are probably two things i need to i need to check check out because i feel a lot of people mentioned both of those guys as major influences so i'm i'm think i'm probably missing out on something there what what draws you what draws you to because they're quite different creators kind of what draws you to to their work well i love the artwork that's usually the first thing you see when you're picking out a comic book uh tomina was recommended to me by my tutor so he he's involved in a lot of that sort of area of comic books the thing i like about adrian tomina is that he can write such authentic characters um so that's always always such a draw for me while i'm reading it is that i kind of like even though it's like just a comic i'm believing what i'm seeing kind of thing he's he's so good like um one of the things i really like about junji ito is the page turn thing tomina has his own like techniques of using the comic book format to deliver those moments at the right moment that's something i like really love about tomina is the way that he can deliver the stories and present stuff and i suppose it's the same reason i like junji ito so much as well they just um they just they talk about very different things i suppose anything you read kind of influences what you go on to create later on is that something you're very um aware of when you're creating your own stuff not to kind of not not necessarily even paying tribute but just uh making sure that it's not aping too closely stuff that you've that you've read recently yeah i do i do worry like what like sort of like what what like as in where's the line between inspiration and just just being a product of your inspirations or something does music play a big part in, in in your life in terms of how you go around creating work is there kind of a soundtrack to the stuff that you're that that you're creating at the moment yeah i guess so in a way it's um it's not like i i, I don't I, I don't wouldn't really say like it's really like bands though that are playing a part in music that in, inspires me while writing i don't i don't really listen to music much while i'm working anyway because it it distracts me a bit yeah. but i definitely have like ideas while listening to music i was listening while i was uh writing and making mind lurker i was listening to the silent hill soundtrack silent hill oh, 2. okay it's um it's quite ambient it's quite nice if you're out on a walk it's um even though it's like a little eerie and a little spooky some of the tracks are actually just really nice so that kind of inspired me quite a bit layers of fear 2 i don't know if you've heard of that game <laughs> no no i've not heard of that game you're the first person who's mentioned um like soundtracks as as inspiration i, I kind of kind of find that quite refreshing because like, most of the music i listen to are, is basically soundtracks from either um films games or mm. pro wrestling uh, entrance music so it's kind of nice to, <laughs> to meet someone who's got a uh, similar similar tastes is that your alarm in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 Smell what the rock is going. No, um, <laughs> it's eggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, if if I was to start off with uh, Tomine or Junji Ito, where where would you recommend that I start with either of those two? Tomine, I reckon start off with Killing and Dying. I suppose um, is that's um, one of his short story collections that had a that there, there's a moment in that 
which is um, quite impactful. So that that's like a really good read if you sort of want to see Tomina. I think that's one of the one of the comics where Tomina is definitely at his best. To start off with Junji Ito, I started off with Spiral. Um, yeah, a lot of people yeah, mentioned Spirals. Everyone spirals. starts off with Spiral, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, but- what, what's the what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, there's always like something that comes to mind. I might have to message it to you. Even it's it's on my it's on my bookshelf, but it's like around the corner from me. Yeah. So if I just because I love his short story collections uh, as well. I think it's it's either Smashed or Shiver, which okay. I think would also be a really good starting point. If but then again, Spiral is his Magnus Magnum Opus. So yeah, yeah. Is, is Spiral is that coming to like Netflix or something as a animation or did i misremember yeah no that that's um it's going to adult swim as oh, uh, adult as swim an anime okay. yeah it's quite interesting when manga is transferred over to to anime because they they are quite different formats even though they they share kind of a lot of the similar uh aesthetics kind of what editorial changes they're going to have to make and i'm i'm really worried about the sandman uh adaptation because a lot of those most impactful moments in you know something something like sandman or, or whatever it is about that still image yeah and that's really difficult to capture with moving images uh so it'll be kind of interesting uh how how they go about um uh adapting that you kind of um mentioned your love of horror comics are there any other horror comics that you would recommend people ch- checking out the number by thomas art that was um yeah yes um ott that's a really good comic it's uh it's a silent comic with these like gorgeous scratchboard illustrations throughout about a man's obsession with numbers that was really interesting to read uh i've read through that a couple of times now i think actually um what else would i recommend yeah thomas art and black hole charles burns oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a weird. It's so weird. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a strange, strange thing, and it's um, kind of like that um, A twenty four brand of horror. I think. Yes, where, I yeah. think so very much. Kind of, yeah, uh, I kind of made the mistake of opening that up on a uh, crowded tube train, and I think some people <laughs> must have thought I was a bit of a pervert or something. Um, really weird. Um, yeah. yeah. So from, from, from the sounds of it, you tend, do you read a lot, most of your comics kind of in uh, kind of the analog uh, paper form? Do you read uh, any kind of digital comics at all or comics on in a digital format? I've, I've read, well, aside from like the comics you find on Instagram and stuff, I think I've read like one digital comic is uh, when I was, uh, so first getting interested in like Junjito and stuff, I wanted to just like demo some of his work and you can actually find his short stories for free on Reddit. Oh, okay. Um, that was, um, I think that that was the first and only webcomic I've ever read. It's kind of the same way I feel about drawing. I like having that book in my hands and, you know, you can't beat that new book smell and stuff. So yeah, yeah I completely understand where you come from. I was very much in the similar camp until I started reviewing uh comic books and stuff like that and then i don't have the space for all of them i need to use my ipad to, i need <laughs> yeah. to use i need to use my ipad to to read a lot of them and there is very something to be said about it i think that well there's two camps really and i think it's, it's a bit of a longer conversation but i think if you're creating something digitally then it should be created specifically to take advantage of what you can do digitally so you know i had this uh 
a conversation a while back uh, about uh, Electrocomics, which played around with digital effects in terms of panel layouts and dialogue uh, boxes appearing and stuff like that. I think that that's something that you could definitely take more advantage of in the future if you wanted to create uh, uh, digital comics. But, you know, my main pet peeve is like the double page layout is kind of, it's not the same reading that uh, digitally as it is in in a book where you kind of like you open that spread and it's just kind of like across everywhere so yeah that's the, the you know that's the other pain with reading digitally it's i mean it's, it's definitely something you could explore because i think there are a lot of great web comics out there and a lot of great horror web comics as well yeah you, you you did a degree in kind of comics and uh animation is there any kind of animations that uh, have specifically inspired you that you enjoyed kind of like growing up as well or is kind of like comic books because always your first first love yeah comic books is definitely my first love animation wise i, I don't know I, I watch a lot of like anime <laughs> yeah <laughs> studio ghibli netflix has some surprisingly good anime on it yeah because often ne- netflix originals can be really hit and miss but um their anime is surprisingly consistent there's yeah. not uh, like a huge amount of animators that really spring to mind when i'm thinking about like inspirations and stuff that i don't think people wouldn't have heard of before um yeah like you know Studio Ghibli, Rick and Morty, obviously. Uh, um, yeah. Obviously, um, I don't know what the word I was looking for was. Strangely enough, I suppose is the word I was looking for. That's uh, I find the animation on that show somehow like really impressive. Just they get it's like it's the gore that interests me in a weird way yeah. because um I know that's something really hard to draw. Um, yeah. So animating it must be so difficult. Um, I yeah. find that quite impressive. So, what are you going to be? Uh, uh up to next in terms of um kind of the projects that you're kind of working on are you you, you're extending mind lurker are there any other projects that you're um free to talk about that aren't nda'd (laughs) (laughs) um um oh there's um the new uh the additions to mind lurker are already written out so at the moment i'm i've got like a bunch of story ideas written out and I'm gonna pick which one to start working on next. So once Mind Lurker is drawn and it's published, there'll be another one pretty soon after that. I'm gonna throw up an Etsy shop in about a week, which um like we were talking about the self publishing might be where I'm selling my comics in the future. So keep an eye out for that. And um kind of the projects that you're gonna be working on, are they gonna be long form, short form? kind of have you got any idea in terms in terms of what you're going to be doing that um short form i reckon um like with um mind lurker mind lurker is its own um self-contained story though there won't be a sequel to it um yeah uh because i quite like just having a self-contained story all in one even if it's a bit longer yeah um you know, maybe I'll release the next one episodically rather than all at once. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's definitely a solid, solid idea to, to, to think about yeah. doing that because it just gives you time to to breathe as well creatively when you're when you're doing it kind of episodically and time to breathe, but also gives you kind of a firm schedule to keep to. Mm. Um, yeah, as well, rather than trying to get it all out in one lump, lump thing. Yeah, because uh, when you, when your schedule is, oh, I'll, I'll release this in six months. You spend about two of those months <laughs> not really doing, doing absolutely, yeah, doing yeah. kind of like doing bollocks all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? 
No, no. Okay. I don't know cool. if we really talked about what Mind Lurk is about. I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah. We, let's talk about. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about Mind Lurker. So kind of give me the. Oh God, uh, someone's hoovering. I've uh, nothing I can do about that. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about what Mind Lurker is about. What, what's what's the kind of like uh, elevator pitch for it? Um, so Tristan and Morgan are two recovering addicts, and Mind Lurker is about sort of their final chapters sort of in their recovery so tristan explores what it is that he's been running from running from this whole time and um morgan morgan morgan's going through a similar journey she she finds that there were things that she perhaps hadn't considered about her own recovery before as well we kind of I don't want to give it too much away about the comic, but we we essentially start off with, you know, our lead character kind of stuck in a room, essentially. Is that something that came across from your your own experience or is that kind of more like a original idea? Like I said, it's based on my own experience with the the thing. Um, I think I spent almost an entire year shut inside while sort of getting over those last hurdles. So that's that's kind of the point where this story starts is um, Tristan's coming over those last hurdles and he's it's made him agoraphobic in a way. His sort of experiences, withdrawals and the effects that it's having on his mind and stuff. You mentioned you, you, you kind of re- reworking, reworking that uh, because time, time, time constraints you had to take um, some stuff out. What... I kind of always find it interesting when people do go back to to their work and kind of remix it um, a little bit. Um, what about the bits that you're putting back in are so important to you that you feel that it's kind of necessary to go back and put those back bits back in, if it makes sense? Um, so Morgan, the the girl that appears at the beginning and the end of the comic, she was meant to have her own storyline, and I I took that out just to streamline the project um it's like when you're doing a creative project for a degree there's so many other things you need to take into account rather than when you're creating it outside like you've got a you've got a like quotas like experimentation and research quotas to meet and stuff like that so i had to i cut aspects of the storyline out so that i could tick the boxes as it were but in my in my feedback at the end of the unit, they said Morgan was underdeveloped. So I was like, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> so I'm putting. Yeah, that back I, in. I mean, yeah. Okay, so that's that's kind of the reason. Um, the reason uh, for doing. It. And when when do you think that's going to be ready? Oh, um, well, because I've got to um, I've got to arrange publishing and stuff as well. Um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping for it to release before the end of the year okay so okay well we got like four months left of the year so within, yeah. within four months is what i'm hoping for okay so, we're gonna hold you hold you to that um deadline and yeah. harass you on social media everyone's gonna be watching <laughs> where's mine <Lurker?"> yeah <laughs> why are we harassing this guy i don't know <laughs> Um, and how, how did you come up for, with, with, with the title mind lurker where, where, where did that name come from I was trying to think of ways to well because the 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 creature at the end is a is a repressed memory I was trying to 
think of a way to phrase that in a way that's not as on the nose and maybe sounds a little ambiguous and like a little a little creepy I guess so I landed on mind lurker in the end I did have a couple of different like working titles for it um some of which just really didn't fit at all it was going to be called rot at one point okay and uh, I think that doesn't fit mind so. lurker is <laughs> a much better name if you don't mind me if you don't mind no, me saying it's, kind of, it's a very uh unique name and kind of very descriptive and evocative without giving away too much about what the, the the mind lurker actually is which i think is it's a, it's a great title it's a really Thank good you. title yeah. okay yeah actually being aware wherever the time what um where can people find you um on the internet and instagram facebook uh website all that good stuff all of my social medias are under benedict abbott i've got a website benedictabbott.co.uk usually stylized as one word except for facebook so yeah I'm, I'm pretty easy to find i'm around this is a question i'm starting to ask uh, uh illustrators that i do have on on the uh on the program are you open for commissions at the moment absolutely yeah okay cool so get in touch with with uh benedict if you want something drawn okay guys that's uh that's it for this uh episode thank you very much benedict for um coming on and talking to me uh is is really uh good to to hear about your creative process and kind of the comic books that uh inspired you um i've no idea who i'm going to be interviewing next or what comic book we're going to be doing but uh i'll, I'll let you guys know over the social media um let's say uh bye to the listeners benedict bye bye guys <laughs>